0: about or hear about in antiquity cult prostitutes or male cult prostitutes they're not talking about older men they're talking about little boys and this is because in ritual magic they believe the purest form of of opening of a door to communicate with the spirit realm comes through the ritualistic abuse of a child a male under the age of nine years old through the use of sodomy and engaging in in pedophilia and so this is why you'll see very systemically like with my family it was only the grandfathers of the great grandfathers that were abusing the boys the dads the fathers did not like my biological my My father didn't physically emotionally sexually harm me however he gave me over to these people to do it and that compromise really is the currency in the kingdom of darkness and the way that they do that is by allowing a family a father a mother to be willing to get to such a place where they will turn their children over to a system of absolute corruption and we see this mirrored in our society as a whole where people are willingly giving up their children which should be most precious and most guarded to a control system that's gonna indoctrinate them with deception, that's gonna make them into useful idiots for lack of a better word. And my family just systematized that.
1: If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations wanna see the end of the dollar reserve currency and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure, and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have two amazing people coming. One is Nathan Reynolds from the famed Reynolds Company, and then Kelly Holly, And the they're gonna talk about the blackmail control system. Nathan Reynolds was raised in this cult type inf- environment, and he was trained to be an assassin for them. And he's gonna talk about how he was a trained assassin, and then he was an assassin for the US military under these dark projects. And then Kelly's gonna talk about her event. Nathan's gonna be speaking at her event, but she works with people who were part of these programs, whether it's ritual child abuse or whether these brainwashing government programs. And they're just doing, they're doing God's work. I mean, it really is amazing work trying to get to help people heal and, you know, ask them at the end about this and how they just bring on any, they they don't, they're not going to judge you. They care and they just want to help you heal. And, but their event, they're going to have some pretty high level people talking about how big this really is who's involved and how we need to dismantle it and how it's affecting all of our lives. And it's fascinating because it's interesting to hear, but it's not just fascinating, it actually affects us. It's why we're seeing in the schools all these agendas. It's why we're seeing a coup in our elections. It's why we're seeing our country having all these human trafficking issues at our border it is bigger than what people realize, and that's what they're gonna get into. So if you're interested in their event, I'll have the details below. It's October 20th through the 22nd, and they need help, they need financing, They, but they also want people to attend it. It's in Georgia. So I'll have the link below and you can learn more about it. But before we get into that, I wanna talk to you about the restore patches. I am offering these to people, it's the same people, that I work with Pure Bellavina and Live Longer Labs that do the C60, the carbon 60, where they infuse all of the carbon 60 with 360 degree vitamins and minerals using frequency in black seed oil and in with curcumin. So it's the best deal on the market because you get all those frequencies as well with those pills that they provide. I'll have the link below for the C60, but these restore patches, they, build the frequency into these patches to help your body recover, to rewire your brain. If you have PTSD, you have anxiety, you have all these these other issues, they they have patches for all these these different problems that can cause you issues. They're working with veterans groups, they're working with different doctors to help people recover from issues. And so maybe if you're somebody with PTSD or somebody with anxiety, maybe it will work for you as well. They have different programs and different uh, a number of patches that you can get. So, so I really highly recommend that you check it out. You can use my code Sarah and save 10%. The link will be below. By the you go to restorepatch.com slash Sarah and use the code Sarah and you can save 10%. I will also have the link below and I highly recommend that you check that out. Okay, let's get into my really interesting and good conversation with Nathan Reynolds and Kelly Holly. Hi, Kelly and Nathan. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us.
0: So glad to be here.
1: Well, you guys have an amazing story. I know you have an event that's coming up here in October 20th, but Nathan, you guys are both speaking at this event, but... Nathan, you're one of the uh, keynote speakers there. Your background is absolutely amazing. You're, you're from the Reynolds family, and you have this interesting story about your family and power and what they do in these this circle. And then, Kelly, you have an interesting story, too. Uh, and so be, before we get into this, can you guys give us a brief Kind of background about who you are and then I really want to dive into kind of this whole black male power power structure that's behind some of these really super wealthy elite families.
0: Yes, so I I was born into a family of really an organized crime syndicate is kind of the best way to understand it. I think there is this this illusion of what powerful families, the ruling elite might look like, but more often than not, they rule from a place of anonymity. That was the, the most powerful weapon that they had was to maintain their anonymity, that they could hide and blend in, in plain sight around others. And so the way that they did that was through systemic abuse and exploitation of their children. Children really were the kingdom of compromise's primary tool that was utilized for my side of the Reynolds family, which was not one of the publicized wealthy power brokers from the aluminum side or from the tobacco industry, but my family trafficked in secrets. They trafficked in compromise of individuals. And so my body became a a literal tool of bartering and of compromise for people that were wanting to be able to participate in that kingdom. And they wanted to have an opportunity, a shot at the top or access to the phone book, because really that was the main tool that people could use to get access to the halls of power was from basically a referral. They didn't need necessarily all the wealth and the power. And so at an early age, I was trafficked and sold into a a kingdom of absolute Destruction and my grand grandfather was a uh, Luciferian who operated as the president of the American Society of Civil Engineering out in New York. Was responsible for the the restoration of the Statue of Liberty and. He was someone who my family sold me to and and in order to get their trust fund inheritance distilled to them, that was, my body was literally the currency for that. And so I was raised in this world of of absolute trauma and abuse and of systemic mind control for lack of a better term. And it, it made me filled with rage and hatred and I got addicted to violence. And so I became someone who was participatory of enforcing these oaths that these brothers and these societies have in order to kill and control people. And I got caught up in that and was used as an assassin for many years of my life until I got into the United States military and got state sanctioned to be a killer for the military. And it just ruined me for so many years. And now I, I've, I've come into a place in my life where I've been set free from so much of this bondage and been given an opportunity to share what it really looks like behind the scenes of power. So that there, that illusion of wonderful uh, beauty that may be masquerading in front of our faces of, of what would happen at the top really could just be utterly destroyed. Wow.
1: Okay. That was really incredible. We're (laughs) going to hear a lot more about that. Okay. Kelly, he's going to be speaking at your event. Can you tell us what this event is? And then we're going to dive more into this.
2: Absolutely. This is our third annual warrior bride ministries counting the cost. How much is a child worth conference and dinner? And what we've done is, um, After my own abuse many years ago, the Lord, once I found the Lord and he did my healing, I've been serving the sexually abused for about 16 years. But four years ago, he had me start my own ministry in which he has really been teaching me and having me walk with the most extremely traumatized, which would be, in my opinion, um, people that have gone through this ritual abuse and government-sponsored mind control. So I walk with them. Um, and the ministry is getting you know, larger and stronger every year in terms of um, ways that we can help them recover. So we like to try to offer the solution, not for stopping the whole thing, unfortunately. Um, there are people that are trying to focus on that part. But even if it was stopped tomorrow, there's millions and millions. According to Russ Dizdar, which his team will be there also speaking, there's 20 million approximately 20 million people that have gone through this and the trauma that they do and the things that they do to them, um, is for building their kingdom for the end time war. And so what I help the Lord do is redeem that soldier into his kingdom.
1: How many of those people, you say there's about 20,000, how many of those people are still locked in this mind construct like they're trying to get out but they're still controlled because I've talked to some people over the years who I'm convinced are still in it and not really out of it how do you know that difference
2: so first of all just to clarify um according to Russ Dizdar he made a did a a approximate of 20 million Okay, so there's a lot, a lot. Um, and what I've found in helping walking them out of um, this web that the enemy has has done, it depends on their will. Um, if their will is to get healing just to a certain point so that they can function in life, well, then that's what they do. There's nothing more powerful than the, the will. But if they're willing to walk it all the way out, he is faithful. And I, um, and I will walk with him and I'm trying to train up people to do it as well, to be his hands and feet. Uh, he does teach us um, things and I'm, I'm hopeful that at some point it will speed up. But right now I feel like we are in a phase of partnering with him and him showing us how to do it and then building his team to redeem. Because there is re- redemption in him. Out of this there is hope but it's hard work for the um people that have been through this it is hard work to face it and untangle it it took a while to get to where they are and so it takes a little while to undo it but it is possible and there is um there's a whole new life for them for those who are willing down that road
1: well let me ask Mm -hmm. you do people and i want to get back to nathan but do Mm -hmm. do people question where he was before like why is god now deciding to help him, where was he when they were got involved, you know, sucked into this as a little child and helpless and innocent back then? Absolutely. I know this is a hard question, but I'm sure almost everyone asks it to themselves. Yeah,
2: it's absolutely the hardest question. And I do have to talk to them when they, when they get to that point and they start drilling me about that. And I think um, there's a few things. I, I believe he was always there. His heart broke I think things are just different than we've been taught by the church. There's a lot of legalities in the spirit realm, and the enemy manipulates that. And there's an authority. Authority is also very important in the spirit realm. And most of the time, there was an authority over this child that gave that authority to the enemy. And then somewhere along the line, as they were being tormented, they were told, if you just give us your will, if you choose this, this, entity that's tied to this trauma, then we'll stop. And then this entity becomes, you know, in some ways their friend because they made it stop. So it's just a lot of deception. It's um, very different than we think, very different than we're taught in most the churches, Um, but there is victory. And this is, you know, in the scriptures, it talks about, you know, the end time war and it talks about all these things that that are happening. Um, The Lord gave dominion to man and man gave it to the enemy in most cases, in a lot of cases, you know, it's kind of rampant. And so there's just a lot more to it than we think. We think that um, Yeshua has a magic wand and he should just wave it, but that's just not the reality.
1: Yeah, it's you hard can look un- at homelessness. It's hard Go to on. understand. It's hard to understand how a little child would be subjected to that and not have some kind of protection. But Nathan, you yeah. went through your own journey craziness. Now the Reynolds family is for people who don't know, can you talk about who the Reynolds family is and what the relation is to the, the the families that are the most powerful and how that runs. And then what your part, what your family was, it sounds like your family wasn't kind of the in your face, wealthy billionaires you guys were related, but
0: used. So the, the mainstream, publicized Reynolds family uh, were were a couple of brothers that engaged in ritual magic with something that was called the Judas coin. They called the Joshua coin. And it was believed that it was one of the 30 pieces of silver that Yeshua was betrayed by Judas with. And they they did a ritual where they touched this silver coin that had been passed on generationally through them whenever they wanted to manifest a titan of wealth or control they would touch it to a pile of gold and it would create for them an empire. But the cost was always that there was bloodshed afterwards, that there was always gonna be a reciprocity for the amount of wealth that grew, that there was gonna be violence and death associated with it wherever it went. And so these two brothers began two separate empires, one involving tobacco and the other involving aluminum. And those were kind of the the fortunes that they grew this this power broking with. They, They were really the architects of a lot of the monopolistic business tactics that were utilized here in the United States. My family, however, were... We had a relative that was an archaeologist who uncovered a serpent mound out in the Ohio River Valley. And in that mound, they found a priest class books of tomes and and ritual objects for how to call upon this plume serpent called Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl was the plume serpent. of of central and south america this fiery dragon the great red dragon is where america gets its name from it literally means land of the Plumed serpent and this ancient serpent cults what they required was human sacrifice and specifically the cutting out of the heart and the consumption of blood and the consumption of flesh and the ritualistic abuse of children within that that sect and that society was the cult prostitutes when you read about or hear about in antiquity cult prostitutes or male cult prostitutes they're not talking about older men they're talking about little boys and this is because in ritual magic they believe the purest form of of opening of a door to communicate with the spirit realm comes through the ritualistic abuse of a child a male under the age of nine years old through the use of sodomy and engaging in in pedophilia and so this is why you'll see very systemically like with my family it was only the grandfathers of the great grandfathers that were abusing the boys the dads the fathers did not like my biological my father didn't physically, emotionally, sexually harm me. However, he gave me over to these people to do it. And that compromise really is the currency in the kingdom of darkness. And the way that they do that is by allowing a family, a father, a mother, to be willing to get to such a place where they will turn their children over to a system of absolute corruption. And we see this mirrored in our society as a whole, where people are willingly giving up their children, which should be most precious and most guarded, to a control system that's going to indoctrinate them with deception that's going to make them into useful idiots for lack of a better word and my family just systematized that and so they started engaging with this priest class worship of this dragon and they started getting downloads from him on through like foretelling and so they could see the future in a sense and they started using the ways of their form of magic to start to bring people into it and then videotape them and compromise them so that later on, should they ever need to exploit them, they had blackmail power. They had a, a phone book, for lack of a better terms, on favors that they could call in in order to climb their way to, to positions of power. So my mother's side, she, they, they were really heavily involved in the Jesuits and Knights of Columbus. That's my grandfather who lived in a city called Lake Havasu City, Arizona. And that city is where so this tyrannical reign from the city of London comes from. The city of London is the financial empire of the world. And it is literally, they own a sovereign state territory. They are on the city of London, owns an embassy for lack of a better word there in Lake Havasu City, Arizona that allowed them to start having plausible deniability to build a pleasure island in 1960s uh, with a man named Robert P. McCulloch and C.V. Wood that began to utilize systemic child abuse as a form of exploitation and networking for human trafficking rings
1: okay so let me ask you a little more details about this how many families are involved do you think and like really wealthy families and how much of that is our all the largest corporations and you know people behind that
0: well i don't know that i could give anything beyond a speculative evaluation from my experiences the, the majority of people that I that I saw within corporations, especially in, in higher positions of power, had always at some point in their career been willing to compromise because every, if you really look at the, the tactics of what it takes in order to ascend in these major corporations, you're going to find an inverse pyramid where you are really going to lie, cheat, steal and cut and covet your way to the top. And those are people that are really—they're looking for is a yes man. They're not looking for somebody that's an autonomous, self-thinking, critical, self-starter. What they're looking for is somebody that's willing to go along with an agenda. So that if you're that you want to become someone who is the position of power, a shareholder, let alone a CEO of something like Facebook or Google or Amazon, you're somebody who's willing to compromise. If you want to be the founder of a corporation. And then more often than not, the pressure comes from the families who really have the wealth. When you start to look at the Orsini's or the Medici's or Rockefeller's and Rothschild's, these are people that are able to to put hundreds of billions of dollars or trillions of dollars of investments into an arena. And so they're not going to allow somebody to be a participant in that system as a front face, like somebody you might look at as a Jeff Bezos and be like, okay, who is that person and his character and his history and his livelihood? That person is a front face for really families that orchestrate so much of the societal structure that is designed to create a a servant class. It really is a social economic, socially engineered class warfare system that we're contending with. And that goes back to the systemic dumbing down, the deliberate dumbing down of our children through the American education system was to was to stupefy us so that we would go along and be passive as these custodians that ruled over us merchandise our bodies, merchandise our lives, merchandise our, our, our lands and our society so that it could conform into an image that really catered to supporting and upholding the power structures that are within it.
1: Are you ready to stop funding globalists? Ready to ditch the big box stores and finally buy clean products you can trust that are actually good for you and made in America? If you are, I have an exciting program for you, the Freedom Buying Club. You can buy everyday products from cleaning supplies that detox your home to fluoride free toothpaste you can trust delivered right to your door. They also have my favorite product now, the highest quality USDA prime beef without hormones and antibiotic free from cows raised humanely in the pasture without mRNA vaccines. You can trust what you are buying, sized in just what you need, convenient packs delivered right to your door. No more wasting meat when you are forced to purchase your own cow from the ranch. If you are interested in helping your family get healthier while supporting America Made, go to freedombuyingclub.com, sign up to speak with a representative and they will explain the entire opportunity to you. Remember, freedombuyingclub.com. Well, do certain businesses start off all genuine and then if they get too big and they think that they can do something about it, they do a a takeover and then they co-opt them? Because that's what it kind of looked like YouTube was, for example. They started off really good. They got taken Mm -hmm. over and same with Google. They got taken over and then now they're just like this evil. I mean, Mm -hmm. anybody that tells the truth about uh, anything is shut off you you have to be very vanilla you can't show graphs and truth about what happened to children with the vaccine can't talk about what we're talking about right now i mean they really have turned into i don't they're they're facilitating genocide so they're that's as easy, evil as it gets so is that what happens these organizations start off good and then they get taken over at at the top and then their policies change and then because most, most employees don't
0: have a clue. Absolutely. What, what you're dealing with is that the, at the, at the heart of it is, is a greediness for gain or, or the love of money that, that so breeds out this branched tree of evil. And if people that start out with those good intentions that had a hardworking idea and they built it up from, from its early foundations and they built a business and they have something that is adding value to their society, people are going to want to contribute to that. They're going to want to fund that. They're going to give value to it. However, when you have somebody who is willing to compromise, this is why I say compromise really is the currency of this kingdom. Because it, at some point in there, if you're willing to sell out, if you're willing to sell out and go like going public on and to become a, a publicly traded and shared corporation out there when you when you go through that process now you are beholden to something called shareholders and legally in the united states one of the two sentences that systemically changed our society was written issued by supreme court justice who said that 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 businesses and business owners like henry ford wanted to dispense millions of dollars of extra revenue that he had made and he wanted to dispense it back into his employees the shareholders sued him and said no 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 you we are beholden to that money and the state supreme united states supreme court upheld that decision so that shareholders were the ones to be divvied out profits and and dividends at the end of the year, not to be reinvested in their society, not to be reinvested in the employees, their families, their healthcare, and any aspect of that. And so what we had is a corporatization of the United States. The United States become an entity that really was operating as a corporation. And this is what we're warned about, that there are going to be these merchants who are willing to traffic in the very souls of men, that they're literally willing to sell people's time, their energy, their resources, their minds, their wills, their intellects, their emotions, they're selling their souls for this this money for this mammon, they're chasing this almighty dollar. And so you can have so many good intentions that start out, but what happens is you start to get consultants, you start to get experts brought in who are gonna help to develop businesses and take it to these next levels. And along that way, morality gets taken out of the equation because there's a systemic way of controlling people, mind control, people like Edward Bernays who are engineering people's consent. This is what the public relations they call, they used to call it propaganda, but this is where they literally engineer people's consent so That they do things that are not necessarily in their better interests, like convincing somebody that they should drink high fructose corn syrup, which is a known toxin in the human body, to, to inject children with something that is genetically going to alter them permanently, that they will never have children that are not going to be carriers of these genetically experimented toxins in, in their bodies. And instead, they're in, they could have engineered us in a way where we were facilitated for, for autonomy where we had an opportunity to, to raise each other up, to help each other, to co-labor with each other. And instead, they literally created a consumer class that was willing to, to bow down to the white robe priests of Hermes and say, yes, we'll do whatever you say. If you want our children, you can put anything you want in them.
1: Well, you just said a lot there. I wanna say one thing <laughs> about Henry Ford is that he was successful to a certain point because he lobbied that and got the employees to be paid more because he wanted to say that every employee that works at this factory needs to make enough money to to buy the car because they right. needed to, the consumers need to make enough money to support the businesses that are and so he actually changed the mindset there too so he had some wins um when you look yep. at that it's not all bad but Okay, well, I know some podcasters and some people who are pretty popular who know they sell products and they know that the, the company that they're supporting, you know, they committed felonies and they're lying. And, they, and even if they say the proof, they're really good journalists when it comes to other things, but they will keep supporting products where the company is really questionable and shady you know as soon as i find out a company's shady i won't work with them anymore or if they think their product isn't working you know i'm i try to really work hard but i notice there's a lot of people i would say that are good people and because they are making money with this affiliate they don't care so it yeah. it goes pretty deep what you're talking about the money mm-hmm. thing where people can't people who think they're good who are spending all their time exposing this kind of stuff are still doing that because they, they ignore it so they can make money. So we all have to yeah. check ourselves personally, right?
0: Absolutely. And and we all have to be stewards of our own money. People that are investing their 401k, their IRAs, they're investing their livelihoods, their retirements, and they're willing to put it into these corporations that are absolutely compromised, that are absolutely corruptors of the very humanity that we're all trying to, to live out. But if, as we give our consent, these are the four most powerful words we have are, I do not consent. If we're willing to walk in that and say, I will not support you by giving you my hard Money. It's one of the most powerful tools that we still have in our in our playbook to be able to utilize in this arsenal of warfare that we are all locked in, is where we spend our money. And when you give your advocacy, somebody that may be a potential influencer of others, when you advocate something, you endorse something, you're giving your consent away to the very system of evil that so often is being used to weaponize its own collars around your neck. And so if you abstain from that, this is the reason my wife and I, we literally sold our home, got out of debt, and we went on the road and began to travel around a farms and try to learn trades and skills so that we could be equipped to be able to know what to do to raise a family, how to live in a society that was completely separate. Because not too long ago, many of you have forgotten, they closed their doors to people that weren't willing to muzzle themselves and do exactly what they said in such a way to make us like dogs. And cattle that were fed through these shoots of seduction. And instead, if we abstain from that and we go ahead and learn how to build our own gray economy so that we're not dependent on going to these leeches for everything that we want, we're no longer going to be a part of a system that really has built itself on the blood of the innocent. This is literally how they rose to power is they sold their souls. They sold their will. They gave up. They quit. They're cowards, ultimately, which is why people like you, Sarah, people that are willing to stand up like what Kelly is doing and stand up and contend against that deception are so are so persecuted because ultimately you're you're displaying the one the one characteristic that they lack without measure, which is called courage. They're not willing to stand up for their convictions. Instead, they bow down. They bow down their necks to these pedophiles. They bow down their necks to people that are absolutely ravaging and raping their society. And they go along with it to get along so that they can have their little kickback at the end. But ultimately, when you contend with radical, intelligent evil, you must be willing to utterly drive it out of every area of your life and be a person who is an absolute extremist when it comes to not tolerating wickedness in your presence.
1: Well, I think in your presence, it's hard because Every single major institution has part of it. And, not, and they also have fronts that aren't bad and have par- portions that aren't bad. It's, it's, it's not really, it's gray and it's a little bit more complicated. But when it's right in your presence, you at least need to make a decision there. But I want to talk to you about the your assassin role. What what did it mean by you were an assassin? What How were you built into an assassin and what did they do to you? Can you walk us through kind of how you became that?
0: Well, in the early formative years of, of my upbringing, my my grandfather systemically abused me on a regular occasion. And I'm not just talking about he was mean to me. I'm talking about he would hold me underwater and drown me until I lost consciousness and he would pull me out of the water. And what would happen is I would dissociate. Dissociation is is a... Is an ability that the mind has to separate itself emotionally, mentally, and physically from situations where it's out of your control, where there's a basic level of dissociation when you're driving down a roadway and you've you've driven it hundreds of times on your way back and forth to work and you drive home in your driveway and all of a sudden you recognize, wow, I'm home and I don't really remember a lot of that situation, even though you did a complicated task, which is taking a vehicle and driving it down the road your mind dissociated along that journey. Well, what happens is your body is still present or people that are in severe car accidents and they suddenly wake up in the hospital, even though they were conscious, their body has stored that trauma in something that's that neuroscientists call a trauma neural network and this is a physiological area of the brain that is compartmentalized from the rest of it until the person gets to a place where they're able to process that information and relive and experience what took place there and so that 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 method uh, that the human body has has been weaponized against people in order to create what was ultimately the desire of so many governments which was an undetectable spy a spy that didn't know they were a spy a manchurian candidate for lack of a better word somebody that was an assassin that didn't know they were that and so when I was fractured and compartmentalized and abused as a child, my family saw that I had a proclivity and aptitude towards revenge. I wanted to fight back. When I was watching my family members being being abused in front of me and not being able to get up and stop it, being chained down and held against my will while somebody ravaged me, I wanted to stop it. And so they, they took that that desire and they weaponized it so that i was somebody who was then trained on how to use a strangulation cord and how to use knives to stab people in their brain stem and how to inject poisons like purple monk's hood or morphine to cause somebody to look like they had a heart attack or cause someone to look like they overdosed on alcohol or barbiturates so this was the enforcement hand of the jesuits in the knights of columbus was was an assassination program in order to enforce the oaths these societies are so governed by these oaths that they swear. These oaths supersede, if there's somebody who's a sworn police officer or somebody who is a, a military cadre, someone who is a governing official or a judge or a magistrate, they swear oaths in these fraternal organizations, these maternal organizations that supersede those oaths that allow them to engage in criminal activity that they will then cover up for each other. However, when somebody went against those oaths, they would send an assassin against them to either cut off their fingers, cut out their tongues or their ears, as per what the oaths that they swear, or it was to ultimately assassinate them and then dispose of their bodies. And so as a young child, I was utilized in that. And, and I I took that rage and I I funneled it. I channeled it into vengeance. And all they had to do was convince me I was going after a pedophile or somebody who was covering that up. And I would tear into them. I would devour them. I would consume them and destroy them. And so for years of my life, this is all my only time I was ever let out. The only time I ever was allowed to express um, exceptionalism was in that moment. Otherwise, I was shuttered from school to school, bounced around between friends groups. I was never allowed to be seen. I was I was required to live in this gray gray world so that I was unnoticed. My family was specifically hiding me amongst the population of a lower middle class society And then I was never allowed to display that brilliance unless I was released to go do a hunt for them. And so ultimately, by the time I became a junior in high school, I got emancipated to the United States government as a 17 year old and began to work for them on what are called special kill teams. And this is under their special projects groups. And they they operate under a a state charter that that allows them to kill United States citizen in order to to enforce what they call surgical strikes. This is why you have the director of the NSA sitting there in front of Congress and saying that we kill people with metadata And they do that through surgical strikes. Obama's surgical strikes were not just um, drones flying overhead and dropping hellfire missiles. They are literally people that walk around with tiny knives and kill citizens across this country. And so I started joining in the teams um, back in 2007 and 2008 with the United States military and going and killing people for them that were deemed. Unadvisable, uh, that, that were undesirable. For their agenda. And if they could show me that the person had a systemic history of abusing children or covering up those crimes, that's who I went after. And so I was caught up in that world for many years of my life, but it wasn't until later on that I was able to break out of it in a very powerful and profound way.
1: Well, the people that you went after, were they probably bad guys anyways?
0: I mean, absolutely. Okay. So it's, far,
1: that we were probably I, better off and not having them around anyways? Absolutely. Okay. So in that way, there's a little bit of comfort, I suppose, in what you did, but how did the military, uh, I mean, the military was, is combined with this whole ritual sacrifice thing. I mean, what, how how did that connect to those groups or is the military a separate, because they use the skills that were developed in you through those, that process. And then they, right. So there's, there's a partnership.
0: The, the united states military is a massive recruiting campaign and they, they utilize recruiting from criminal organizations and from within the branches of these religious orders they call this the old religion like what my family practiced which was ritualistic abuse of children and mind control this was the old religion that that the kings and the sovereigns have utilized to govern society for generations the united states military however would recruit from within that they would they would partner with family members they would have a military handler that would be assigned to them to be able to broker deals between the two my family wanted access to classified information from what was happening inside the military my military wanted access to me and so a deal was brokered there when I was 17 years old in order to have that however the type of mind control the type of uh systemic compartmentalization and like the spy craft and tradecraft that was used in the military was much more scientific and technologically based as opposed to the family that used a lot more uh sorcery and witchcraft and spellcrafting. so there was a there was definitely a distinction between the two however they overlapped at times the united states military started a project project called operation phoenix back during the vietnam war which was a massive assassination campaign program against the Viet Cong and against laos and cambodia and thailand and other places where they're operating that resulted in the deaths of millions of people and this is not just Child- these were not just adult assassins, they were children assassins. that the biggest state secret in our United States government in the United States military is the use of children assassins. but that's not something that they want publicized because then it the, as soon as that gets out, everybody looks against that as society as, as this great extortion of what should be the most valued and and architected thing. So the the United States started partnering with schools and education programs through something called project talent and project gate and these STEM programs where they are training up these children and grooming them and recruiting them into these military projects at very young ages. And the one that I was brought into was called the Jason projects, Jason projects has had 10 million students in the United States founded in 1989 by a guy named, um, Oh, Richard Ballard, and he was a military intelligence officer who does a lot of oceanographic stuff. And they partner military handlers, people that are uh, gifted and and talented in their arenas, accomplishing their arenas with children to become groomers and handlers of them so that later on they can extort those children and get them into these corporations. There's dozens of corporations that you would think of as Lockheed Martin and NASA and the big tech corporations that are all using these child manipulation tile mind control tactics to raise up another generation that's going to be their yes man that goes along with these agendas
1: why do they use families like yours as their soldiers versus like my family or somebody else you know because there's a, all of us out here there's a lot of people you're going to be speaking to or hearing this who's never you know they're not they're just the sheep we're, we're obviously subjected to the mind control and the propaganda and the all their agendas but we weren't sucked into it like you were why are and kelly it sounds like you were too so why what is that differentiation of who they target and not
0: target the for my family it was bloodline it had to do with genetic breeding stock that there really is people that believe with absolute certainty that their bloodline gives them the right to rule as kings over the rest of them and they they have they have guarded their children from breeding with inferior stock this is why this is the root of the eugenics movement in the united states this is the root of the eugenics movement around the world this is an old religious belief called the, the right to kings the divine right of kings that they are the blue bloods they actually believe that they have a different bloodline that goes all the way back to the seed of the serpent that they are possessors of this seed that allows them to be the kings over the rest of mankind and so in order for families to to partner in or come in alongside that. They might be on the periphery of it, but they'll not be allowed access to the bloodline. They're not gonna be allowed to intermingle or intermarry. However, sometimes children will have bastard children and they will start another bloodline. And that's where a lot of these lesser bloodline families have come from is that they, they are hybridized from a outside bloodline that was not necessarily one of the original that traced its lineage all the way back to the Tower of Babel. Because ultimately that's that's where a lot of these people believe they got their kingship from was Nimrod, the king of the earth. And so that's the post-flood timeline that they believe There was a a mingling between entities known as watchers and angels azazel and gadriel that there was these ancient ones that came down and mingled with mankind and injected a separate seed line into the genetics of, of the human species that allowed some to be the rulers over the rest and everybody else was to be subservient of that and so that is enforced by how children are married and this is why there are forced marriages this is why that that is guarded just like a bloodline genetics of your horses
1: so that's why the people who aren't in those bloodlines are so much more fortunate because we don't have to be subjected to that. Because I mean, if you look at it that way, they don't see but, it that way. But go ahead. I would uh,
2: I would add into that. You do not have to have one of those names to be affected by that. There's again, 20 million. There's not going to be 20 million of just that bloodline. I see people all the time. Who are um, bloodliners whether they came in through bastardization or the breeding program there is a breeding program where they're they're mixing the bloods and they're trying to create their own um children so it's not just those names it's not just the 13 families of the illuminati so i think that's real important to to note so that you don't think well we don't have to worry about it because it's just those people sure the other thing yeah yeah yeah, the other thing I think is important for people to know is um, what Nathan is describing is what I would call a delta that they were programming him to be a delta assassin. But there's also ones that are programmed to be a, a beta sex kitten, and those have a tendency to go be sent into different churches, different businesses, different political things, and compromise people through you know sex and things of that sort, and then the blackmail and all that. And then there's some called gammas which are um, the ones that are doing a lot of the programming themselves. They're the more intelligent ones. Um, And so it's it's very complicated. Uh, The enemy is very organized. And that's why you have a lot of infiltration. I don't know for sure who you were alluding to earlier about why do these people keep promoting these companies that they know they're bad. Well, they could be part of it. You don't know because there's often a Christian front that you would swear, you know, these people and that they're great people. But the truth is they have programming behind them and they're on assignment to do whatever. So it's just, it's complex. And there's a lot more than just those 13 bloodlines. So I just want to make sure people understand that.
1: Well, I want to say that, you know, like Patreon who was caught um, you know, they kicked all of us off. And then afterwards they were caught hosting all these child pedophile rings and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They had 150,000 members in one, one channel that we found there's a, I I gotta say, there are good people who are still on there that are dependent on the money that that provides. And they haven't made an effort to shift to another place, you know, and Mm -hmm. even though they know that was there and it's the same, or they're promoting a product that, um, uh, the it's kind of shady that the ownership is shady and stuff. And I know for a fact, there are some people who do that, who I, I don't think that they're bad people. They just are so dependent on the money and they just mm-hmm. keep going. So I don't know if they're all fronts. I think a lot of them are just, that's kind of almost human nature and that you have to fight that.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's why you have to, uh, you have to come beside people and see, see if they're if it's just a situation like that, or if there's more to it that they need help getting out of.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and if your whole life and your mortgage is getting paid and how do you quit out of that? And it's, it gets kind of complicated, but Mm -hmm. okay. So let's, let's talk about what will people learn if they go to your event? Because you, you have all these amazing people there. What is your intent Mm -hmm. for people to learn and to get out of this event?
2: Well, um, you know, we had Sound of Freedom recently, and I think it did a great job um, putting a highlight on um, human trafficking, but it also made it look a little bit like it was a third world country issue in the farthest jungles, and you had to be a superhero to help. So what I want to do is bring it back to what's really going on right here in our backyard, because the United States is the belly of the beast. um, We're the biggest consumers, and uh, we Are close to the biggest providers, if not the biggest providers. And so what we're going to start with is going over different types of trafficking to educate people. And we'll have survivors through all of it. And then we're going to start getting into um, deeper dives on this topic and how they get away with it,
1: what you can do to help. What do you mean by this Um, topic, the topic what Nathan is talking about? That we're
2: talking about, yes, the ritual abuse and the government-sponsored mind control. We'll have um, people talking on deprogramming, how you unwind uh, what the enemy did uh, so that they can walk out of this and that they can be redeemed and start working for um, the Lord's army to advance his kingdom versus the advancement of the kingdom of darkness. So we're going to be going through that then we'll get into some healing modalities different things that they'll need for their healing so we're trying to cover the whole gamut from um under you know a spectrum of the different types of trafficking and then what what this is, which I feel like this is the, what's underneath so much of the trafficking. Yes, you have some people that are just going for the perversion or some people just going for the greed, but there's organized crime. This is a whole organization that has taken our children and doing these things with them. They might program them to run drugs, to run money, to um, make money in sex, to do this, do that. And we have to start coming together. We have to start getting unified. The enemy, as I mentioned, is very organized, very unified in this. And it's way past time for us to come together and stand up and fight this.
1: Well, I know it reminds me of Breaking Bad. I know it was just drugs. It wasn't something this awful. But in Breaking Bad, the the kingpin, the... Um... Oh, he's the black guy he comes across as he owns these sub these subway and for people who've seen it these subway shops and he comes across as such a nice guy he he blends into society mm-hmm. as this really successful businessman but he's this psychopath that runs this mm-hmm. whole empire of this you know the drug lord it's the same concept but with mm-hmm. these other things isn't it
2: and they're all intermingled usually i mean they're not too far away from being intermingled if they're not, sure. because if they're using them for sex, they're going to use them for the drugs and the guns. They're, they're just into the darkness. Um, now, some, there can be a different bent to it. Some can be governmental mind control um, and that whole thing. And some can be more of the rituals with the satanic stuff. And, but even those are overlap a lot. So, you know, the, the story can be slightly different, but, Underneath it all, it's a battle between good and evil. And we have to get more organized. We have to quit looking at what divides us and come together and what unites us.
1: And it should be the children. That's right. Okay. So who is the target? Who do you want to go to this event? First of all, where is the event? When is it? And who do you think should go?
2: So it's in um, Kennesaw, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta at the Governor's Gun Club. It's October 20th through 22nd. No, I'm sorry, 21st. And um, I'm sorry, it's the 20th through the
1: 21st. So it's two days.
2: Yeah. So wait, it's Friday through Sunday. So what are those 20th through the 22nd? Okay,
1: I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: And um, really every, I mean, I think this affects everybody. So I think everybody should come. Now, if you have children, there will be certain times where you might want to take them outside. Um, I'm not necessarily recommending children, but if you want to start educating your children, which really we need to so they don't fall prey to this, there might be some times where I'll say, hey, this, is a, my, this teacher might be a trigger warning. You may want to take your children outside. But other than that, everybody, because we need to understand it. We need to not be afraid of it. We need to understand that in Yeshua and Yahweh, there is victory. I deal with this stuff every day and I see the Lord move in miracles. So this is not something to be afraid of with him. There is victory and we need to, um, you need to find the place, what your position is in the fight. You might not be able to do what I do. You might not be able to do what Nathan does, but you can do something. You can uh, do promotions, you can do accounting, you can do be the lawyer, you can do the funding, you can do the admin, you could do something because this is a big fight. This is a big battle and it's going to take a lot of us.
1: So Nathan, what are you going to be talking about at the event? Are you going to be talking about your background and how you were trained as an assassin and all those things?
0: Yeah, Sarah, I'll be talking about that. I also wrote a book called Snatched from the Flames, in which I went to a lot more detail about it. But I also will be talking about the methods of what it took for me to get out of that system, which was a radical commitment to a completely different cause. I needed something else to fight for. Honestly, I think I was so disillusioned by the church. I was raised in a side of of Christianity that was very impotent, very powerless, and I was constantly being brokered around within these churches. And at the same time, I was being utilized and exploited by the very people that I was sitting in the room with. And so it built to me a lot of animosity and hatred towards towards people who are believers, towards people that, that operated as if they believed this book, as if they actually walked in it. And yet I saw when I read that book for myself, diligently from beginning to end, I saw that this was nothing like the people that I was around all the time. And that the actual creator of the heavens and the earth, Yahuwah, had this passionate desire to utilize us to be able to contend against this radical evil. I saw human sacrifice being talked about. I saw that the very kings of the country of Israel were the people that were burning their children alive in these fires to Moloch. I saw that how this radical, intelligent abuse of children has been going on from time immemorial. And I saw that there was a cure that was in there. And that cure was the convictions because you can never kill someone who actually has convictions. This is why they absolutely detest people who are contending against this, they hate it because they understand that people who are living their lives and building their lives on the foundation of truth are fundamentally the adversary to them because they built their house on lies. They built their house on secrecies and deception. They are magicians who are walking around with an illusion hoping nobody actually looks behind the curtain and understands that there's just one guy standing there. There's just one person standing there trying to run this whole thing with their hidden hand. And ultimately they are defeated enemy. And so it really took me seeing people that were bold and courageous, who were standing up and rising against this, like Russ Dister, who she was talking about earlier. When I first saw him speak in a conference, I heard him talk about how these assassins have blades strapped to their necks at all times. They have blades. I had razor blades hidden between the soles of my shoes. And yet I'd never heard a Christian man standing on a stage preaching and communicating deliverance to those people, that he wasn't scared of the witches, that he wasn't scared of demons, that he wasn't scared of people that were doing radical evil and human tragedy. Trafficking. He wasn't scared of all that. And instead, he wasn't willing to water down his message so that the tithe checks kept coming in. I saw people that had these absolute willingness to lay down their lives for the sake of these children, for the sake of these men and women who are being abused. And I saw pure, I saw purity. I saw a purity of faith that that actually matched this book that I was reading, this living scriptures, this sword. It says it's a sword that's supposed to cut through people's souls and their spirits, through their bones and their joints. And it's supposed to be able to discern the thoughts and the intents of the hearts of the man. Dr. Michael Lake and Mary Lou were another people that were just on fire for trying to set victims free and trying to share the hope that they had found. And so those are going to be some of the things that I'll be talking about there um, on the in, uh, down in Georgia. And I'm really looking forward for the opportunity to do that. For those of you that haven't been to a conference, it's an incredible experience to get to gather around other people that aren't so filled with this fear because ultimately that's the thing we're fighting against is the fear of men, the fear of failure, the fear of lack. And ultimately when we can cast those fears aside and we can walk with faith and convictions, we can truly upend this thing and cut the head off of this great dragon once and for all.
1: Well, how many people are in that actually are sad? I mean, uh, you it can't be a happy experience for anybody. I mean, that's just such a horrible existence.
0: I mean, you're but when okay-
2: they. Yeah. But when they meet the true Yeshua and find out what um, most of the Christian church is walking through is not him, that they have a form of godliness, but denying his power. But when they really meet him and meet his power and his goodness and his love, and he meets people that are willing to, as Nate said, lay their life down, cleanse their vessel for him to flow through so that they can feel his agape love through them. It changes everything. And any of us can do it if we're willing.
1: So the okay so the but the family members that are still in this Yeah. And you know, I I talked to other people who've been in these realms pretty deep, right? And mm-hmm. I've been told that the vast majority want out. Like 90% yes. of the people want out. They do not like this. I mean, they that could be our biggest strength is that 90% of them well, that's what I was told. I mean, it's a number. We know it's not scientific, but the vast majority do not want to be part of this. And if they had a way out, they would get out. And it's such a small number of people who actually enjoy it and revel in it. And it's it's not what people think.
0: It's the pimp at the top. You know, you're dealing with a pimp who lives in prison cell themselves. These people really are the ones that revel in it, the ones that embrace it, the ones that swallow the darkness. They are few in number. However, they control an empire of slaves. And it's those slaves who are looking around. It doesn't take many to revolt. You have to understand we don't need a revolution. We need a revival. We don't want to go on a wheel and come back to the same place where, again, with just different masters at the end of our chains that, that are collars around our necks. We need those people to see men and women of conviction like they ultimately neutered the men of our society. They neutered us. And so that men sat idly by and they played their video games and they drink their Pepsi and they think that they're cool because they played sports on the weekend when they're cowards. They're ultimately cowards who have seen this great corruption. Every single person who was alive today has seen the tendrils of this systemic child exploitation happening around them. And they've sat idly by and done nothing. The reason these children, these people are trapped in that slavery. The reason they're going along is because they're not seeing people rise up a warrior who stands and, tears the thing to pieces when they see that like it gave me hope when i saw those men on stage preaching ferociously and they weren't gospel preaching men what they were was they were standing in the gap they were willing to defend the innocent they were willing to face down ferocious evil adversaries and not run in fear and it's that courage is what is so infection it's the true inoculant that should be injected into the hearts of all of our society is courage because it's far more contagious than the virus of fear. It's far more infectious than any ideology of doubt and despair. And once people get courage and they look around and they begin to stand up, what happens is that group society, that masses of people that can get hysterical can suddenly move in the direction of deliverance, restoration, and redemption instead of going idly and quietly into the nights and throwing their children into these absolute insatiable coffers of corruption day and night. Well, let's talk
1: about the church a little bit. Courage, I think, is, is so important. I was talking about that a lot at the beginning of COVID and just like, we've got to have courage, people. But let's talk about the religion a little bit, because most people, I, I shouldn't say most, I'd say a large percentage of people believe that religion like you were saying before kelly is that it's it's kind of a a vanilla facade of what they don't see the truth in it they don't see the love in it they don't see goodness in religion and they know the churches are involved in a lot of trafficking and so Mm -hmm. a lot of people have said well why do i need to be part of religion i mean there's an anger towards the church And, yeah. that, and, and so people are looking for other answers that are, um, and, and, and they're looking for other answers, but then the people who are really religious are like, you're going to hell, this is the only answer. <laughs> and, uh, and so that almost drives people away more. And so taking a church perspective or taking a Christian perspective on it is not always the answer as much as being loving and, and truthful. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I think I hear, that, what, you're, yeah, I hear
2: I, what you're saying, but to me, um, one thing that we have to understand is there's been major infiltration into the churches. Okay. So religion has been compromised, but Yahweh and Yeshua has not. He is the same then as he is today. And he, as scripture says, the earth is waiting, moaning and groaning for the sons and daughters to rise up and understand who they are. Because when we get ourselves out of religion that's been infiltrated and just focus on him and his word and what he really said, because if we would read the scriptures, we would see something um, a bit different than what is typically preached. Yes, he is love. And yes, he came to save us. and, And yes, there's Noah's Ark and all that stuff. But there's so much more in the scriptures. And there is authority in him and when you get to partner with him which is what he always wanted was to partner with us when you actually do that it's amazing and there's miracles and it's what we i think all we're craving to see we have just been deceived ourselves and taken down a road that does not lead to the true yeshua and even in doing this work i often encounter a fake jesus um that is deceiving and so not only in this work in a micro sense if i'm working with one person it's the same thing in a macro sense you can kind of take it from micro to macro and there is deception and there is a fake jesus out there there is a true jesus christ of nazareth his name is yeshua that's his hebrew name but we have been deceived following this other one that tells us that all we have to do is go for an hour and sit in the pew and, and, and claim grace and things of this sort. And that's just not going to lead to the life. And it's not going to have victory that we need in these end times.
1: Okay. And and there's other religions who, you know, who are, I always say, this is me. I'm just going to say what I am. I, I believe in this core the core of what all this is, the core beliefs of what how you should behave and love and treat people and truth. And and mm-hmm. I think people get caught up into, um, you're a Muslim, you're a Buddhist, you're all these other things, instead of looking, and so then you're evil right away, instead of saying, okay, well, I if you believe and you walk in this truth and walk in the love and care about others, then there is that's what's important. And I think people get caught up in the periphery of what the truth is and they get caught up in and that actually is the anti of what the core of these messages are and i'm just thinking it's there's so many more people that could be reached if if um we focus on the core of that message that transcends all religion transcends everything if god is the god of the universe then this transcends everything and we could well, be able to reach everybody with those core messages of love and truth and courage and I'm sorry, go ahead, Nathan.
0: Well, that Sarah is why I, I left the church for, for a lot of those same reasons that you're explaining in there was seeing was seeing duplicity. When you start to see a, a system of control being architected and, and utilized to exploit people, I saw so much of the same corruptions that I was seeing within the Catholic Church with the jesuits and within the united states military i started seeing that same thing in non-denominational christianity and so like a big section of my book is called into the wilderness where we left everything where we left the entire system of it because we wanted to find out what is our what there there is an inexcusable reality of of us having a creator who, who created a system of of absolute perfection and yet we clearly see another hand that is working to destroy and ravage and pervert that that's seeking to alter the world into a very different image and those two are diametrically opposed to each other and so when we started traveling around my wife and i it was one of the best things that ever happened to us was to get out of those four walls of control and to begin to develop relationships with people to sit down and break bread other people and to get out of the compartmentalized, the fracturing of our society that that shoves people in these diametrically opposed categories are you on the left wing of politics are you on the right wing of politics which which arm of the phoenix are you going to use to climb to your kingdom and instead of embracing these ideas where they're trying to perpetually divide us they're trying to to racially pile us they're trying to slip us into these compartments so that then we will not ever realize that we are we are people Who were created where mankind was created with a purpose and a destiny and we are supposed to overthrow this wickedness when we find it around us and i don't say wickedness to be some churchy phrase i mean like it's radically wicked like it's true you have to embrace a level of of evil it's like i call it radical intelligent evil when somebody is willing to debase themselves to such an extent that they're going to take a child and, and and use them as if their body was a currency machine, as if their body was an ATM machine, that you can print cash by putting this child out on the corner of your street and selling them off. That is that mentality of, of generational incest has infected people and you really need a cure for that. And I believe that cure comes through truth. It comes from people that don't have a compromise within them and they're willing to stand up and say, no, I will not participate in that system anymore. Whether that means you're in a, you're in a position of, of in the military, still or you're in the defense contractors agency or you're somebody who's standing there and you're a soccer mom and you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on around me and why is my children are being raised with this horrible books coming home and i'm having to talk about sex ed with my five-year-old this is this is an absolute abominable it's horror, but 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 they're looking around for people that are set apart. They're gonna be looking for people that walk with convictions and standards that are not like the rest of them. And that is a people that is holy. That That's what that word means. It's not some ethereal floaty phrase thing. People that are willing to be set apart from the rest of them who walk in humility, in obedience and truth.
1: That's right. That's, that's the core that I'm talking about. And you can find that all over the place. And that is that that's what God is. I think that's what you're, you need to be. And you can find that almost anywhere, but you got to get to that and help people. So I, 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 love what you just said. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kelly, for doing what you're doing. I know it's not thank a, you. it's almost like a, you just, you guys have been censored and beaten up, but you're really having a hard time getting this out. The mainstream media wants people to think this is not real. And they're so, <laughs> it's so bad. They want people to think it's conspiracy theory when it's not. Mm-hmm. And so you're fighting though, that power structure. And, but I do think there's people who see it and they see there's something wrong here. We see that things are wrong. And we do know there's a blackmail blanket that's on top of what we're dealing with. And th- whether you put words to it, whether they even realize it, that they're dealing with this cult thing and they're just in the periphery. It is that it is coming from that, but in the very center right. With all these rich families, they follow this weird backwards, uh, uh, religion, right. That's, that was, that's thousands of years old and it's never ended. And yeah, we just have to realize there's this other thing going on. It's a cult. I think it's a, I always call it cause I don't want to give it any respect. I call it a weirdo cult that they follow. And, um, But it's not just
2: one or two. It's millions and millions and millions. So it's it's taken over our society. So we have to do something. You can't just turn your head. And the thing I want people to really understand is they are taking them as children, as babies and doing this. And we have got to protect them. We have got to stop turning the eye come Mm -hmm. together. doesn't matter what religion doesn't matter what political stance come
1: together That's right. We got to come together from all walks of life. Now, when you're saying millions, there's a millions of people are sucked into the, the to this crappy trade, but there really isn't that many who are in this pure the center of evil cult that's controlling everything. They there isn't that many of those. Are there? I mean, my oh, understanding.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. There's and so we can defeat them. And and also 90% like I was saying before, the vast majority want out. I think that's a huge strength, really. Think yeah, that's a- and that's, we're trying
2: to make that space. That's what we're doing at Warrior Bride, trying to make that space where they can come and just let, you know, let the healing begin. Let that space be where that they can come. A lot of them leave their families and don't say where they're going. And they go, you know, just like Nathan was talking about into the wilderness. I have people that camp. I have people that campers, whatever, whatever to come to that space and meet the healer
1: and you won't and judge the them. You'll just accept them Absolutely. and say, just yeah. join us. Let's help stop Absolutely.
2: this. Absolutely. No, I don't. The Lord has made it where I, he, I don't absorb it. Like a lot of people wouldn't be able to hear it. Like he just takes it from me. Like I, I help process it. And then he takes it so I can keep going. And oh, that's just continue.
1: wonderful. I, I understand yeah. that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I so much appreciate again, what you guys are doing. Thank you for telling your story, Nathan. Thank you, Kelly. I know that you've suffered some of this. Maybe we didn't get to to your story as much, but I know that you're running this whole thing. And so you're just a courageous, strong person. So thank you so much for everything that both of (laughs) you are doing.
2: Yes. And and can I give the
1: website so that they know? Oh, absolutely. Where do they go? I'm sorry. And give us the website and then we will also have the link below for people to know where to go.
2: Great. So it's www.warriorbrideministries.org or .com. Either one will take it and then take you to it. And then it's the events and um, then registration. And that's for our conference and dinner coming up. But even if you need help. Just hit book an appointment. If you want to volunteer, go to the volunteer. We need everybody, everybody is welcome. And money is not an issue. We charge nobody for the healing. The conference, Even at the conference, we have scholarship tickets. So don't
1: not come because you don't have the money. What is the cost of the conference and can people sponsor people to come? Can they donate? Absolutely,
2: That's- We have yes. We have space for sponsors. Um, you can get tickets for anyone. So the price is everywhere from zero. So anyone who can't afford it still come up to um, if you go all three days and you get all the meals and you get the dinner and everything else, it's
1: 249. Oh, that's actually a good price. I mean, because there's a lot of cost behind it. And then it helps other people, right? You guys raise some money to help other people.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, we don't charge. We don't charge anybody who comes for the healing. So this, we rely on people, the Lord moving people's hearts to, if that's their place, donate. Um, If that's the thing that they can do, then that that's, there's a space for that as well.
1: Well, thank you again so much. I can tell that you guys are just so genuine in your path and what you're trying to do. And if you stay genuine and true, things just happen. So thank you so much.
0: And you can reach the <laughs> website also at snatchfromtheflames.com And uh, I am still have a channel at youtube.com backslash. Nathan Reynolds is my channel. So for those that are wanting to find more of my resources out there, I've got my book there, audio and ebook, and uh, the entire book for free as well. If somebody would like to, to download it, they can get it all there.
1: Have you considered joining Rumble or actually BitChute yep. or Bastion, some of these other places that don't censor? I've
0: got all of that right now as well. So I'll be posting those channels from my website at snatchfromtheflames.com
1: excellent thank you again and they can get their book there your book there and i'll have those links below as well
0: thank you so much sarah
1: thank you